the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Yes, it is. It's the Nick D podcast, and I'm your host, Nick DeGilio Here, how is uh, how is uh, how is everybody doing? Thank you to Jason Skaggs for that uh, fantastic intro and that fantastic music. It is episode 66 of the Nick D podcast as part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, RadioMisfits.com, home of unbelievable amounts of great and varied podcasts, and I am happy to be among them. Please take the time to rate and review us on every single platform. Please uh, take the time to uh, check out our podcasts and subscribe. Uh, and also, if you want to be a, 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 a sponsor on this very podcast, on the Nick D Podcast, please do that. Be a sponsor. Advertise with us. You'll reach a lot of people. All you got to do is contact us and say, hey, I want to sponsor. I want to be an advertiser on the Nick D Podcast. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. If you'd like to be a part of the podcast in that regard as a sponsor. Hey, if you just want to, in general, leave comments, leave questions, leave uh, any kind of feedback. We want to hear from you. You're awesome. Uh, You are the subscribers. You are the listeners. And the phone lines are open and the emails are open. We listen to every email or listen to every email. Well, we read every email. We listen to every voicemail. And we play many of them back on the show here on uh, on the podcast. Open all the time. Questions, comments, anything. Voicemail us, 773-417-6948. Leave your name, leave a message, any of that stuff. 773-417-6948. Drop us an email anytime, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. So those are the ways to get a hold of us, and we thank you for being a part of the podcast, and uh, hope you uh, can uh, and uh, be with us uh, more. All right, it is uh, episode 66. It is a Tuesday Dan Feinberg is back. Uh, he was off. He had vacation. He took a little time away, but he's back, and we are back to our every other week schedule with Dan Feinberg. Lots of TV to talk about. New stuff. The fall season is going to be kicking off, and he's got uh, a lot of new shows that we're going to talk about. Uh, we have a, a couple of listeners. Speaking of voicemails, we have a couple of listeners who have some questions, and we'll play those back. Uh, and again, voicemail anytime. You are open to jump in here, 773 417 6948. We got a question from a listener, and we got a whole bunch of other stuff. We're going to talk TV with Dan Feinberg, Fun the Fine Print. Esmeralda Leon is going to join me, as she always does. She's the best. We're going to talk more about scary shit uh, from the book Are You Shitting Me? with a bunch of facts about scary things. We're going to get back into the lies uh, that people tell and the lies of organic foods. Um, we're going to get into that. And my dad's going to stop by and tell a joke, as he does every single Tuesday. You can always count on my dad every week to tell a joke. 81 years old uh, in just a few days, actually, as, the, at the, as we record this. So my dad is uh, going to be 81 in just a couple of days and continues to tell jokes every single day. And he works at the Jewel, and he is a comedy god. So I've been having him tell jokes on my 
broadcasts and on my radio show and now on my podcast uh, as a regular thing. We love it. We love him. So he'll be coming by. And you know who else loves it? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell and I love Nick's show. That's right. Hi, Uh, I'm Carrie Russell and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. So my dad's going to tell a joke. Esmeralda and I are going to talk about uh, the lies and the quibbles of organic food. Uh, And right after this, Dan Feinberg from The Hollywood Reporter and The Fine Print. Lots of TV talk. And that's what's coming up, the great Dan Feinberg. Right after I say to you, congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jagoff. Yes, it is Dan Feinberg. Um, been away for a while, and that somewhere else, of course, is L.A. Uh, Dan Feinberg, uh, TV writer, critic for The Hollywood Reporter, and of course, The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. Dan joins us every other week to talk TV. Check out thefineprint.com. And uh, let's talk some TV with Dan, who was, uh, I, Dan, you were on vacation for a little while. Tell me about that. I was indeed. Uh, we the family went up to Prince Edward Island uh, in in far far eastern Canada for my parents' fiftieth anniversary, which oh. was uh, which was originally, of course, two years ago. And then for ah. some reason, there just wasn't any traveling that was happening really? in the summer of twenty twenty, yeah, uh, or any summer any travel that was happening in the summer of twenty twenty one. But we successfully managed yeah. to execute a happy family vacation so huzzah there you go you know it's really interesting because uh my partner who i will be talking to in the next segment um uh, esmeralda just got back from toronto it is a it is a big and a fine country, and definitely we would have had we would have had more family if we'd gone to Toronto. But instead, it was just my parents and my brother and sister in law and myself, and we we ate mussels and oysters and swam right. in the ocean. And I only I only wrote four reviews while I was gone. That's on, it? on vacation. So wow. you know that, that's usually a day for you, isn't it? I mean, you, usually isn't, isn't one day consisting of at least four reviews for you? Uh, it, it, I mean, when there's a lot of TV, there's a lot of TV. So right. so yes, but I, I took I definitely took some time off, and I'm sure I recharged a tiny bit so that I would be ready for all of the chaos of the fall ahead. Aha! Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, well, welcome back. Thank you. And Thank we do much. have, uh, I, I do have uh, some uh, some stuff that we want to catch up on. Um, and, uh, well, why don't we do this really quickly? The last three weeks of what we do in the shadows have been exceptionally good, the last three weeks. And the last one, in particular with the house flipping thing, killed me. The entire episode, I was on the floor during the entire episode. But the episode where they were interviewing to have uh, the, the, the private school interview... 
was one of the funniest episodes I've seen all year. And then the one after that, and I'm trying to remember what. It was the wedding after that, and then there was the <laughs> yes. and then there was the Pine Barrens episode in between. So right, right. it's been strong the last few weeks, but that house flipping one, I was oh, it just killed me. Where 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 do you stand on the last few episodes of 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 what we do? I was not overwhelmed with the first half of the season, and I feel like this might have been the case also last season, where I felt like it started off, I don't want to say badly, because definitely not badly, and I don't want to say slowly, but, uh, you know, sort of found its proper gear in the second half of the season, and I definitely have felt like this season has as well. Uh, the... The private school episode was terrific. The night market episode, which was full of all sorts of very, very fun and clever use of special effects. That was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of the all of the Sopranos nods in the Pine Barrens episode. That was a hoot. Uh, and I was very impressed with how well they sustained the one joke of, OK, we're actually going to show the episode of this very, very literal HGTV right. type episode, because right. that's the sort of thing where you just think, oh, okay, it's going to be good for five minutes and then how is it going to sustain? But not only did it sustain, the way that they tied it in with the series and its yeah. overall mythology I thought was was tremendous. So. I agree. I totally agree. And you bring Nick Kroll in and I'm happy. Uh, so that's... That you know, I just thought it was hysterical. I, I, laughed, I laughed the whole time. And it's really been a strong season uh, for, uh, for Nadja, who is my favorite character on the show. I just think she's hilarious um and every take she does everybody does takes to the camera but for some reason her takes to the camera kill me more than everybody else's she is she is terrific um i'm i'm one episode ahead now on this one and all mm. i will say about this week's episode is that it does feature i'm i'm gonna say it features my favorite cameo of oh. the ser of the series okay. to date of the that whole is, series really of the series and this is a show that everyone knows does cameos extraordinarily well yeah. and that is that is all i will say okay wow that's big because that whole vampire council episode from a couple of seasons ago i mean it's, it's tough the fact that they did get tilda swinton and all of that obviously yeah. that's a pretty <laughs> impressive get yeah. and i you know i'm not gonna i don't want to maybe so maybe i'm going too far maybe okay. it's just the best cameo of the season but, okay. but you'll get back to me after you've seen this I week's will. episode because i've because i've now overblown it no, as no, i no. am you can't want yeah, to do actually you can't you can't because i love that show very much so i'm <laughs> uh, so you're you're good it is um, a very very good episode and a very very good cameo and that can't wait to I see it say. uh listen you, you brought up tilda swinton i just want to mention uh, really quickly have you seen three thousand years of longing yet i have not because i'm just not getting to the movie so at this okay. point at this point when it comes to some streaming service yeah. i will watch it and that obviously will not be the same thing so no, it won't i so yeah I would. I, I know. I understand that you're insanely busy. If there is a two-hour stretch where you can't do any, you're not doing anything. I can't emphasize enough that you should see this movie. It's profoundly beautiful. I. I was. You know. I mean. I love George Miller. Um, it's. And again, I, you probably. You. You know this already. It's completely different than Fury Road. And a lot of people who are expecting a Mad Max movie might walk in and go, "What is this?" But. It's George Miller, and uh, it's it's an extraordinarily beautiful film. I just profoundly beautiful. I adored he, it. 
he is a he is obviously a spectacular filmmaker, and he's also a filmmaker who has proven that he wants to zig when people expect yep. him to to zag. And so, yep. you know, heaven knows he's earned the right to do that. And also, yeah. since he's in the process of working on another Furiosa slash Mad Max yeah. universe movie, yeah. he's entitled to have done one in between that wasn't yeah. that. He can do whatever. As far as I'm concerned, he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to make another movie about dancing penguins, I'm fine with that. I don't care. If he wants to bring back the talking pigs, if he wants to make another medical drama, uh, a la Lorenzo's oil, I'm all over it. I don't care what this guy does. He's just, and this is just a, a profoundly beautiful film. So if, you know, when it shows up on streaming, please watch immediately. Uh, but I, if for anyone who is listening, who has not seen it, if you can get out to the theaters, it's, it is spectacularly beautiful. So you're saying well, when it comes on streaming, I should watch it even before the orphan prequel. <laughs> I had a good time watching the Orphan prequel. Look, I I had I watched Orphan for the first time a few weeks ago. It oh, was no one kidding, of those, really? It was one of those <laughs> movies where the where the twist had been spoiled for years oh. and I had referenced the ridiculousness of the twist without having any of the rest of the movie. Yeah. Having any clue what it was, it it plays surprisingly it's great. well. <laughs> it's great. I, <laughs> well, but no, but have you, you haven't watched the second one then? I have not watched the second okay. one. I, and and since that is one that actually premiered day and date on right. streaming, the only right. reason why I didn't is because I was on vacation and there just wasn't the opportunity to yeah. watch it. I will I will probably yeah, get to that if, one when you this get to week. it. Get to it. It's nowhere near as fun as the first one, uh, but. There's some quality, uh, and I happen to be a really big fan of Julia Stiles, and there's some quality Julia Stiles playing, uh, having a lot of fun in the second half of the movie. That's all I'm huh. going to say. Okay, that, that's <laughs> that's that's enough for me. I mean, it will probably be in sort of a a peculiar, possibly mind-altered late, late-night slot yeah. after I finish whatever work I need to do, but I am that's, perfectly happy to watch that kind of movie in that kind of way. I got to say that's probably the best way to watch it. Uh, so, and, and, and it's, it, it's clearly the, the makers of this were like, well, we've got to try to match the twist in the original. And so they try and it's ridiculous. And somehow, I don't know. I, it's not nearly as much, it's not nearly as, I love the first orphan. I love that movie. And, and, uh, I mean, I saw it before, you know, I, I saw it when it came out before it came out and didn't know anything and couldn't believe the twist. And what I was watching, I was like, what the hell just happened? And I still have a soft spot in my heart for that movie. But anyway. All right. <laughs> Orphan First Kill is available on Paramount Plus if you uh, want to watch I be- it. I bet you you did not expect we were going to detour into that not. in today's conversation. I did but, not. But I wanted the recommendation, and yeah. now I got it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Especially if you like. I'm a, I happen to be a big, big, I'm a mark for Julia Stiles. Big time. Uh, so, uh and on that level, it, it's that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed it so much. I will be happy to see her working. Oh, she's the best. Okay. Hey, uh, uh, let's go to something that you reviewed um, a couple of weeks ago or almost a week, and a, a week and a half ago. I have not watched it yet or have not seen it. Uh, first of all, explain what Freebie is to everyone if they don't know. <laughs> but this is Greg Garcia, who I just think has, been, has made some really hilarious sitcoms. Martha Plimpton's in it, uh, and Garrett Dillahunt reunite. They were in Raising Hope together, and this is a thing called Sprung. Um, please tell us. Yes. Okay. So Freebie is the artist formerly known as IMDb TV, and it oh, okay. is it is the with commercials offshoot of Amazon. So that would be how you would watch it. It would basically be in your Amazon prime video feeds and 
you would then be perplexed by why you had to be watching something with commercials when Amazon doesn't do that. So yes, right. it is. So it is easily available and many, many people have access to it. They just don't know they have access to it or they don't know what it's called uh, or they well, don't care. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you told me that because I was like, what is freebie? And I don't know. And I have Amazon Prime. So, all right. Yeah. Good. No, good. if you, if you go to your, if you go to your Prime video account and just uh, uh, plug in Sprung, it'll, it'll pull right up. And, and yes, there will be commercials and that could end up making episodes rather long because even though it's a comedy and even though it's from Greg Garcia, whose background is on broadcast comedies, episodes are between 35 and 40 minutes a piece. Uh, it's oh. sort of a, and that's without the commercials. So I can only imagine it takes up a 45 to 50 minute slot with commercials. So we, anyway, yeah. so uh, for people who, who don't know Greg Garcia, they really should because he uh, was the creator of, I mean, people do know him. They just don't know his name because he was the creator of my name is Earl, which, you know, for one year was a large hit on NBC and then continued on for a few more years. And, you know, at its peak, it was a very good show actually. And yeah, then yeah. by the time it was finished off, it was kind of off the rails and they ran out of ideas and stuff, but it happens. Uh, and then you mentioned that he also created raising hope on Fox, which was really one of my favorite broadcast sitcoms for almost its entire. I, I agree with you. One. I love that show. I it's, love that show. It was just a good show, and yeah. and it was a, the kind of show that in a different era probably would have been more of an Emmy contender. I, I think that probably, without any question, Martha Plimpton deserved five Emmy nominations for that show. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she was spectacular. It was an amazing performance, but she wasn't the only one. Uh, you know, Garrett Dillahunt, who's always great and everything was great. Cloris Leachman came in and did crazy <laughs> things for a scene or two per episode, and they just kind of went with whatever crazy thing they could get away with Cloris Leachman doing. Right. Um, Lucas Neff, who was the lead, was very likable and funny. Shannon Woodward, uh, also extremely likable and appealing yep. opposite him. Yep. Just, just a really good show. And and not unlike My Name is Earl, a show that went off the rails. It was just pretty consistently solid. So if you know Greg Garcia and his thing, you and you like it, you mm -hmm. will almost certainly enjoy sprung it is it is a very very similar show in terms of its ability to be very coarse and lowbrow at one moment and then be extraordinarily big-hearted and optimistic about humanity in the next and i i like that as a sensibility the the plot is basically it's set in uh the spring of 2020 and prisons were releasing nonviolent offenders because of COVID. And so a bunch of nonviolent offenders get released from prison and they don't really have anywhere to go. And they leave the world of incarceration to go out into a world where thanks to COVID, everything is under lockdown anyway. And so you have this group of prisoners, um, a trio of prisoners played by Philip Garcia, Garrett Dillahunt and uh, Shakira Barrera, who's terrific. I've never seen her before in anything and she's great. And they move in with the Philip Garcia character's mother played by Martha Plimpton. Uh, they move in with her and basically she's kind of a low level crook and because Garrett Dillahunt's character is very big hearted, he agrees to help them, but only if they only rob bad people and if they find a way to 
pay it forward and to pass along some of what they take to people mm -hmm. who are struggling and in need in the pandemic. So okay, gotcha. you, you can see both how things would be madcap and wacky, but also how it would be kind of a, a weekly bad guy slash heist of the week and weekly altruistic activity of the week. And so sure, it, sure. in that respect, it feels a lot like My Name is Earl, where the main character kind of was trying to set these things right karmically and trying to become a better person. And it, it there's a lot of plot here. And that's part of why the episodes are as long as they are. But it is very, very funny. Garrett Dillahunt is once again tremendous. Uh, Martha Plimpton is again tremendous. And Greg Garcia writes smartly stupid people better than just about anybody. So uh, one of the main characters formerly dated a Jewish bikini dancer whose name is Wiggles and uh, she's played by Claire Gillies and it's just such a likable very funny performance it's uh, it's kind of like the Jamie Presley character from My Name is Earl but all of the performances are are great and it's just kind of a all of the people who Greg Garcia likes to populate in the background of his shows pop up here in little cameos whenever possible. I, I really enjoyed this show, but I really enjoy the Greg Garcia sensibility. I think that if people do, they will like this show. Well, that's me. <laughs> so, nope. You should, uh, you should check it out. It's, uh, it's, ten, it's 10 episodes. There is no question that there could have been trimming done that probably these episodes all could have been in the, the more standard 26 to 28 minute range, et cetera. But it, it does very well with some of the aspects of mid 2020 coronavirus paranoia, uh, conspiracy theories, because of course the Greg Garcia quintessential characters would get their information from a lot of very, very bad right. news sources. Right, and they course. would, yeah. they would have very, very dumb ideas of how to handle COVID. <laughs> right. And, and it, it, it plays extremely well in that respect. Now, if people don't feel like they're at the moment in their lives where they're still feeling like being amused by a COVID comedy. I understand that completely, right. but I enjoyed sprung on, on freebie a pretty okay. fair amount. Is uh, the whole season available? Is it, or is it weekly? I believe, I believe it is a weekly thing, but I'm sure it started off probably with three or four. So, or two or three, it's, it's, another so there's one a few up there. Okay. There are definitely a few up there. Okay. So freebie and you can actually get it if you have uh, Amazon prime. Indeed. And I don't even know that you need to have prime because it's commercial Right. Whatever. So it's it's available and and just know you can get it through Amazon, even if okay. it's free. All right. Cool. And that's called Sprung. Can't wait to watch it. In fact, when we're done, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so, uh, OK, I guess we have to talk about it. I don't care. But it's the it's <laughs> it's the biggest event uh, right now. And we I mean, House of the Dragon. Um, so what are your thoughts on it? Uh, this is the is it what, where does it stand? Is it a prequel, sequel? Where where I don't where does it go in the It is the, a, it is a prequel. There is okay. that that one is easy. It is it begins 200ish years before the events of the of the main series and I think by the time we get into the actual action of the series it's like 172 years. But time in Westeros moves in strange and unpredictable ways. I mean, it's not like we're ever going to catch up with the events of the main series, and I don't know why anyone would want us to. Uh, but By the way, that main yeah. series, for people who might not know, is Game of Thrones. Yes, that yes. would indeed okay. be Game of Thrones and right. House of the Dragon. Right. And uh, it premiered two weeks ago, and I think there was 
some ambiguity as to whether there was an appetite for a return to Westeros, for a return what? to the Game of Thrones universe. Really? Not after not after the first show, right? Well, after the way the first show ended, I think a lot of people thought that there was going to be fatigue or annoyance, but apparently enough time has passed that either the fatigue either didn't exist. I mean, it, it could be that in the halls of the social media elite and all of that, people like to make fun of the way the Game of Thrones ended, but actual human beings who watch TV didn't. I, I don't, you know, obviously there's no way for me to know that. But anyway, so the right, ratings have right. been the ratings have been terrific. Uh, the first week drew, I believe, 10 million live viewers, uh, but then I believe has gone up to 25 million already, which, of course, is a massive out of this world hit. It's it's huge. And then the second episode, which premiered just the other night, actually was up by a percentage point or two in live viewing. So not only did people have an appetite for the show, but people had an appetite to return for a second week, which I think HBO was probably very, very nervous about because ratings have been, not ratings, because reviews rather have been mixed. And so, you know, my review also was was on the mixed side. Mm -hmm. uh, six episodes have been sent to, to critics and... A lot of what the show does is try to emulate Game of Thrones as much as humanly possible and, and give you a lot of the things that you liked about it, whether it's the very, very obvious thing, you know, which is the show is called House of the, Dra of the Dragon. And if the first series had, you know, say two or three dragons at any given moment and you had to wait a couple seasons to get to them. Oh, no, no. There are many, many dragons. They are all around and they are here from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if that is the thing that you tune in for, excellent. Um, and and so the basically the show is it's succession in the Targaryen family. And the Targaryens were, of course, Daenerys's family. They rose to power because they were the ones who could control the dragons or had the illusion of being able to control the dragons. Uh, and so they were able to wield the dragons basically as the center of their power. And the point of the entire series is you have a number of kings in a row who come up without male heirs. And as a result, power becomes, if not diffuse, it starts going to people under contentious circumstances, which means there's a lot of courtly intrigue and blah, blah, blah. You, you know how it goes. Uh, now the, the Targaryens are very, very inbred. Uh, it's just part of their personality. It's also part of the personalities of several of the houses in Westeros. Folks will, uh, will recall, of course, that an act of incest featuring a pair of Lannisters began the very first episode of the original series. So, you know, nothing, nothing shocking there. But let me just tell you, there's significantly more incest in this show than in Game of Thrones, if that's a drawing point i i don't know for whom uh and it also means a lot of wigs because the targaryens are all very very blonde but i you know it's unclear whether someone is trying to make some sort of insinuation that they all go to the same wig maker or something or <laughs> if that's actually the genetics i think it's supposed to be the genetics but instead uh -huh. it looks more like a 
same wig maker kind of thing. Uh, and the, the wigs are pretty awful. Uh, and that is a distraction. And also just kind of the sameness of the Targaryen bloodthirstiness to me was annoying after a certain point or exhausting more than annoying, I guess. I, I liked that the first show while it was occasionally had too many things happening and too many characters and too many different places, and it was easy to lose track. It also meant that you had a lot of different voices and a lot of different types of characters. And here for the most part, it feels like the exact same character just with a bunch of different names. So everyone kind of talks the same. Everyone is kind of bloodthirsty and hungry for power in the same way. And, and it makes a sameness to the whole thing. Uh, it's also, for the most part, only in a couple locations. So you don't get the 50 different fantastical realms that you got in the first show as well. But a lot of it does pay off in a lot of the very similar ways. And a lot of the stars are are very good. Uh, you know, you have Patty Constantine, who's always interesting. You have Matt Smith chewing all of the scenery as a, a Targaryen prince who's probably the most Targaryen ever. Uh, you have a lot of very good actors who I hadn't known before. Millie Alcock is uh, the young princess who's at the center of the story. She's tremendous, but because the show has to cover a lot of time at a certain point in the first season, that's all I'll say about this, there's a major cast overhaul and a lot of the younger actors are replaced by older actors. That allows Olivia Cook to pop up in a central See, that's, role. That was the only... <laughs> Selling point for me was her. Was... Well, I can tell you she is not in the first handful of episodes. That okay. is that is what I will tell And this is a little bit annoying because if people are fans of Olivia Cook, and people should be fans of Olivia Absolutely. Cook, she is she <laughs> is great. tremendous. Yeah. And and that is why to some degree HBO has been advertising it with her in a semi-central role in the advertisements. She is not as she eventually is going to be very, very important to the series, but she is not in the first handful of episodes. So, you know, you get to a certain point and some of the actors who you like vanish, but then Olivia Cook pops up. So you can kind of decide if that's mm. enough. But it, you know, look, the the effects are fantastic. The production design is fantastic. The score is fantastic. You know, on a technical level, it is a marvel in every way. Uh, the, the story Sometimes it feels like they're going way, way, way too hard to try to just be another Game of Thrones. Like in the in the fifth or sixth episode, there's a character with a disability and immediately he starts basically talking like like Tyrion Lannister by way of Varys. And, and you just go, OK, great. So it's another conniving character with a disability. Not every person with a disability in history was Richard III. And yet you would okay. not know that from watching or reading George R. R. Martin. So, you know, little little fatigue there. But still, it is it is a show of some very large scope. And I'm happy that having some of these shows around, you know, that, it, that they exist. I like I like it. And I like that we still have these shows around when we're in the same kind of generation as everyone's getting paranoid about what is happening at HBO, what's happening at HBO max. Yeah, well, whatever's right. happening at HBO or whatever's happening at HBO max, it is not going to impact their making of game of Thrones series. It was renewed almost immediately after the first episode. And even that was just a, a foregone conclusion. It was going to happen right. regardless. Right. And they're in development on many more prequels. And it sort of feels like whatever else is happening under David Zaslav's 
run over Discovery, Warner Brothers, blah, blah, blah. I, I think you do not need to worry that there will be enough Game of Thrones related shows and spinoffs until we are all good and sick of them. So enjoy it for now, okay. I would say. All right. I have to say that during uh, a lot of that uh, review and uh, and conversation, you were you sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher because I have no idea what the hell. <laughs> I could have I, I could have got I could have made things so much worse. I, I know, I know. I just don't. I gave up on that show. I can't even explain to you how early on I stopped Game of Thrones. I. It, just, and you and you're not even uh, and you're not even in this case like attempting to figure out how to spell the names of any of the characters and I wasn't even giving you the names of some of the characters yeah, like no, like I, there's a princess named Renera but then there's another princess named Renaris and they're two different people and there's no, no way that in my no, notes I was ever no. able to keep track of who was who which was which at any given point yeah, so I, yeah. I, I gave up first season uh, Game of Thrones, man. That's how far back I don't care. And then I was like, I saw the commercials for this, and I was like, oh god. Who? And then I see Olivia Cook, and I'm like, damn it, you know, because I I adore her, and and uh, but I can't watch it. I won't know what the hell's going on at all. Oh, but I, but it's because it's a prequel. It doesn't really oh, matter. Okay. But it's of course, but it's a prequel that that is constantly nodding in the direction right. of things that are going to happen right. 172 years in the future. So right. it's a lot of nodding to things that we're actually never going to get to, which is mm. a little bit frustrating or that we already got to in an yeah. entire series that we finished. Uh, but you, uh, you know, look, if, <laughs> if you wanted to enter this world specifically and exclusively for the presence of Olivia Cook, I am not a hundred percent sure that that would be the best use of your time. Right. But I will tell you that you probably do want to start at least this series at the beginning, but you also have to know it will take you a handful of episodes yeah. to get to her. To get to her. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm just going to watch Thoroughbreds a couple more times. I Absolutely. And then, and then you get Andy, and then you get Anya Taylor joy. Uh, yeah, and exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally reasonable, uh, and and she's great in that, and she's fantastic in that, and she was also great in Bates Motel. Well, she's she's yeah, pretty no. reliably great I, in things. Yeah, I love her. She she really, I mean, seriously, you know what? I I was just like not, I was half paying attention to the commercial for it, and then all of a sudden I saw her, and I went, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> What what's happening here? <laughs> so. Well, for the but for the most part, they don't have actors who people know, and so you know, yes, you could put Patty Constantine in a trailer, sure. and and five fans of British indie cinema would be like, yes, I am totally there. Or you can put Reese Ephens in a trailer, yeah. and people yeah. will go, ah, oh, I love the replacements, <laughs> and you know, and there are a few other, you know, Matt Smith, obviously, sure, sure. he was the Doctor, and right. so people <laughs> like him from there. The star of of Devs from FX is in this doing a doing an accent that people on Twitter today are are having their heads explode trying to figure out what it is. There are a lot of people who people will recognize in sure. it, but definitely you're you're being drawn by the dragons and by returning to this world much more than any right. one individual actor. Of course. Okay. Uh, you, you mentioned FX uh, in there. Uh, FX. Well, FXX. Have you watched Little Demon? I have watched two episodes of that little demon which so i appreciate because the because the uh the main family their last name is feinberg yeah, i was just getting, that's that's <laughs> why i was gonna bring it up i was like oh it's feinberg's uh, <laughs> uh they they spell it f-e-i-n uh right. for for whatever reason uh and we had the virtual press tour 
um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, and I made sure to ask how exactly they came to name their main characters Feinberg, right. and they had no particular answer. <laughs> the The answer was sort of that they thought it had a good ring to it, and yeah. the characters will be Jewish eventually, and that will play a small role. Uh, but they didn't They didn't come on the Zoom for the virtual press tour panel and go, well, we just like you so much in your reviews for The yeah. Hollywood Reporter, Dan, that we named the main <laughs> characters after you. And I was a little disappointed by that. I'd be disappointed, that. too. I'd be disappointed, too. Uh, but, in my, but in my heart... I know that's absolutely that's, and totally what they did. I had fun watching the two episodes. Uh, you know, uh, it's, I was uh, thrilled by how gross it was and how <laughs> vulgar uh, and how they went there. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I had fun with it. And, you know, I thought the voice work was, was, was fun as well. And, and I like the fact that, you know, Danny DeVito plays Satan and his daughter is played by his daughter, uh, which I thought was fun. There's some, there's some good stuff there. And, yeah, as you say, they definitely – it is definitely coarse and they go there yeah. with yes. some of the animation. Yes. Uh, I also like that the first episode has what I'm fairly sure is the only existence reference ever. That How I've about seen. that? Huh? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I have to say almost, I was like my guy. And, and also like, you know, she swallows the bones and then spits them back up and makes a gun out of them. I, and I was like, seriously, I was like, that's a Cronenberg reference. God bless these people. Absolutely. It's one of the, it's one of those points where I'm fairly sure that's one of the things Dan Herman brought to the table. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And God bless him for that. Uh, but yeah, so th- there were enough things without any question in the first couple episodes that I will keep watching. Yeah. But it is it is definitely solidly R-rated comedy. Oh, uh, man, yeah. And people should know that and not sit yeah. down with their families, too. No, much. no, no, no. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and I still am just completely... It will have to do a whole uh, show on this sometime. I'm completely, utterly confused by what's on FX, what's on Hulu, Hulu and the FX. I get confused by that. I get confused by the AMC and the AMC Plus and all this. Like, what can I watch on FX and what do I have to have Hulu? It, it, it's, it, it, is it just me or is that really needlessly confusing? Oh, no, it's definitely not just you. It's it, Look, what it is ultimately in the long run is it's an acknowledgement that basic cable is not a thing that is that is forever on this earth and so what you have is you have fx trying to figure out how they can keep the brand being a relevant thing but also simply acknowledge that at the end of the day most people who are going to find any of these shows are going to find them on hulu down the road and so they thought they were being clever initially with the fx on hulu tab on hulu but then that didn't accomplish anything and so now that doesn't exist but now there are all of these shows that are kind of fx productions that are hulu exclusives and then you're getting into the things like this one which is an fxx production that will be watched by some people on FXX, but most people are going to watch this show on on Hulu. They they right. know this, yeah. Um, but but yeah, so so you've got this, and then you at the same time have the Patient, which is right. premiering this week, and that one is, I believe, only on Hulu. So that yes, one is, is I, that I one is an that. FX that one is an FX produced. It's so Hulu exclusive. 
And this is you. You really like this, right? This is the patient. It's a ten episode limited series, and Steve Carell is in it, correct? Yes, and it is from it is from the two showrunners of uh, the Americans. This is their first show since the Americans. The Americans, which is now finally all available to stream on. Oh, wait uh, a minute. On Sorry. Which was oh, oh. which is not. not, not, not oh, I'm going to set you up. Okay. Wait. Oh, and, say go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And people don't know, of course, uh, the Americans was one of your favorite shows, featuring a Titanic performance by one of your favorites hi i'm carrie russell and i love nick's show thanks man i appreciate that buddy <laughs> i was you. i was going I'm there sorry, the whole man. time I, I just had i, I had to take okay. this conversation right. i was i you know what you know what you set it up and i tee it off i'm sorry about that i that was my fault Right. I know, and I know you have certain <laughs> things ready to go, and I wanted to make sure you were prepared right. for it. Okay, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Okay, go uh, ahead. So anyway, the patient, <laughs> um, which is, uh, as you say, it's Steve Carell, and Steve Carell plays a therapist who, uh, you know, in the in the glibest way possible, gets abducted slash kidnapped by one of his new patients, who's a serial killer, uh, played by Donald Gleason, and it is not a comedy, so. Uh, is very, very, very much not a comedy. It has right. some humorous beats. Um, it, and it's also, it's only a half hour show, which, and in the early episodes, it's like a 22 or 23 minute show. Uh, and the serial killer in question is, uh, his primary job is that he is a food safety, hygiene, whatever. The guy who gives ratings. Healthy mm -hmm. inspector would be the phrase that I would actually be looking for. And so there's a lot <laughs> of food stuff. So it's kind of uh, in treatment meets Hannibal, uh, which is a very enticing yeah. Um, hook. I, I think the problem with that as an enticing hook is that the serial killer stuff is is me is not the show's strongest part. The psychology isn't necessarily the strongest part. What what is what works about the show is I, I think it's I think it's fairly introspective about a lot of things. It has a lot of interesting and smartly used Jewish content, which I uh, always am concerned about because when things go pear-shaped, they can be awful. And so an example of the awful version is uh, The Shrink Next Door, the the Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell, Apple TV Plus yeah. comedy, yeah. which was which was just dreadful. And just dreadful because you had a lot of non-Jewish people playing Jewish as, as shtick. And so Steve Carell is not Jewish, but he's playing Jewish here, not as shtick. And I found that fairly honorable. And I would go so far as I think this is the best dramatic performance he's given in his career. And I know mm. a lot of people uh, really like the wrestling movie. Foxcatcher, yeah. Foxcatcher. Um, and I understand why. It's a, it's a good movie. And it's a, you know, it's a very, it's a dark and, and messed up performance. And so, you know, absolutely. This doesn't require piles of latex it's right. mostly simply acting and character work and i think he does an exceptional job i think donald gleason is very good the supporting cast is full of uh a surprising number of good people for what is effectively a, a two-hander uh it is mostly these two characters having therapy in in the basement where the steve corral character has been abducted um but they find a way to build an ensemble around it and i found myself 
appreciating the show more and more as it goes along. The problem, obviously, is that the Americans, it raises expectations extremely high. It is not it is not on that level. I don't think it's trying for anywhere near the scope that that one did. Sure. Uh, but I, I found myself appreciating this one a lot as I went along. Okay. So that's The Patient. Again, you can be confused. It's on Hulu, but it's produced by FX. Exactly. <laughs> All right. It is FX's <laughs> The Patient on Hulu. It's so <laughs> stupid. All right. Well, now there's no FX involved, but it is Hulu. Mike is the Mike Tyson uh, uh, series. It's a, it's a limited series. What is it? Eight episodes? Eight episodes. Critics have been sent five. And it's, it's and this kind is called of what... Mike. Mike. It's just Indeed. Mike. It is just Mike. And it is the unauthorized Mike Tyson story. And Mike Tyson has been giving it a lot of publicity by talking about how they stole his life story. Um, the fact that it's based on entirely public documents undermines right, right, his right. claim, but what can you do? <laughs> right. um, but on the other hand, it is such a, a sympathetic portrait that it puts it in this strange position of being unauthorized and getting torn to shreds by the person who's the subject, but also being basically the story that it would have been if Mike Tyson had been involved because Mike Tyson did a one man show where he talked a lot about his demons and yeah. about his journey. So, and they're using that material here because it's publicly available apparently. And therefore once the story has been told, they can do that. I, I don't, understand life rights versus publicly available information and where the line is. There's definitely, there's very little insight. And ultimately, look, I have been baffled, perplexed, annoyed, irritated by the transition that Mike Tyson has been allowed to go through. It's one thing to give someone a second chance. God knows people deserve second chances yes. he he served his time he was convicted of rape um and has been accused of violent spousal abuse and violent abuse of a variety of different kinds to a variety of different people but he you know he served his time for some of it but the there's still a difference between that and making him into a lovable punchline and i've never been comfortable with the ha 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 it's look it's mike tyson he's wacky um, ha ha ha, it's Mike Tyson. He's wacky and he makes jokes about how violent he is. I've never really understood how that was an evolution that we allowed to happen as a society. Yeah. It's, sure. it's a it's a unique evolution that he somehow got away with inexplicably. And I do think there are ways that you can tell Mike Tyson's story in ways that don't shy away from the horrible things he did, but also acknowledge he had an incredibly difficult life. He was abused. He was used and abused by people who didn't have his best interests at heart, et cetera, et cetera, but also committed horrible crimes. I, so I have, I have issues with excessive empathy when it's not introspective enough. And this to me was not introspective enough. And also in addition to that, and these are completely different tendencies slash interests, I happen to be a large boxing fan. And so, you know, I, I never viewed Mike Tyson as a hero, but I am interested in him also as a boxer. And so if you're going to bother, you have to have more interest in boxing than I sure. think this has. And so it's, yeah. 
it's kind of ripping off certain structural devices from Raging Bull, which is never a battle that you're going to win. Um, <laughs> minute at which my notes go, oh, they're doing Raging Bull. You've lost. There's yeah. there's just you you can't yeah. do anything. Yeah, yeah. But the boxing scenes are badly shot. They have no connection to the fights that they're supposed to be um yeah. emulating or recreating, yeah. etc. Yeah. So so it it's simultaneously I want more of the of the uh of the hero worshiping of Mike Tyson in the ring, and then I want less of it out of the ring. And anyway, ultimately it just there's just not enough here. Would mm. there have been enough here if he'd been involved and actually told his personal stories himself? I highly doubt it. Yeah. I just don't know that this is a story that can be told well at this point. Okay. So that's Mike on Hulu. Is that available now or? Uh, again, it's a, it's a bit by bit rollout, but the first gotcha. few episodes are, are out there. Okay. Those are on Hulu. All right. And as we get closer to the fall, uh, shows are coming back new shows are coming in. Um, the next time we talk, uh, is there going to be anything that uh, that we should uh, kind of look forward to in, in terms of new seasons or new shows? Oh, well, I mean, uh, if if for whatever reason you like gigantic, large scale epic fantasy, but you don't like the adult aspects of Game of Thrones, by the time that we talk next uh, Amazon's Lord of the Rings series will oh, have premiered. Baby. Um, see, OK. I, I, OK. Explain to me, and this is not me challenging you. I can't. You. This I is can't. Me. No, I know oh, where you're going to go. On. I can't explain. I can't explain why I will because I guess because I think Martin is a bad like imitator of Tolkien. Totally, one hundred percent reasonable. So that's that's step number one, and I never cared enough while I was watching Game of Thrones to pay attention. Whereas, and I will tell you this though. Let me tell you the a quick story. <laughs> uh, I did not read the only token that I ever read. I was in eighth grade and I read the Hobbit um, and I didn't like it very much. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I was one of those jerks in high school who made fun of the D and D people who called the Lord <laughs> of the Rings, the rings fans jerks. Uh, you know, meanwhile, you know, I'll, I would go and see, you know, like I, I, I was, I, I thought it was cooler to read Fangoria than Starlog. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> that's basically, and I, but, and they're both goofy. They're both dorky. You know what I mean? They're both geeky. Like being a Fangoria horror hound is somehow in my world was much cooler than playing D&D and reading Starlog. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and it was not until I saw Fellowship, I had never read Lord of the Rings books, you know, made fun of that, of that crowd. And when I saw Fellowship, I immediately went to uh, the, the bar that I, that I used to drink at. The bartender was a Tolkien fanatic, fanatic. And I immediately went in and I said, I just saw Fellowship. It's one of the best movies ever. You need to give me those books now. And I read them all. And I read all three of them. And then I went, I dove head deep. Uh, like, I'm mean, not head deep, but waist deep into, into Tolkien. Um, and so I was not a fan, you know, like from the beginning. I wasn't. And it wasn't until Fellowship came out in 2000 or 2001. That's when I discovered the greatness. Uh, and, and, and I did actively, I, I did actively, try to follow it. I had like, I had his whole deluxe that I had the map. I had the, I, when I was reading the books, I had the, I had the middle earth map and everything. Uh, wh whereas like when I game of Thrones, I just found nothing interesting about it. So entirely reasonable. And, and it will be very interesting to see how this plays for you. I, I can't give anything in depth because the review embargo is the 31st. Gotcha. So sure, that is sure. after, 
but I believe that because the social media embargo is up, I can probably give the simple review, which is that I've seen two episodes. It has great scale. And I thought the second episode was much better because it actually started introducing some characters I was interested in. So that is that is the very bare bones version of my review. All right. Um, I'm interested in when we, the next time we talk, we will talk about all the new stuff, returning shows, all that stuff. Is, is, is Showtime just going to make more mini series based on movies? Because like I saw a commercial for American gigolo. There's a TV and let the right one in. I mean, we already had a, an unnecessary remake of that. Why are we, I don't, I don't understand. Look, the, the unnecessary remake of let the right one in, I thought was actually great. And uh, you know, like I, I don't think it's better than let the right one in, but I think it serves its own purpose. I've also read the book and I saw, for heaven's sakes, I saw a play of it in London, which worked oh, surprisingly okay. well. Okay. So I am I am engaged, and I think that it's a story that is surprisingly resilient and okay. able to be to- told in different forms. Okay. I've watched the second of that one. I've watched the second of American Gigolo. The fact that the man who fell to Earth apparently yeah. bombed entirely is yeah. probably going to have them rethinking this as a strategy. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to see a lot more after this current wave. Uh, yeah. but, but yeah, so I haven't watched any of American right. Gigolo yet, but I am, I'm curious. It's look, yeah. what the heck it's sort of people have been, people have been loving John Bernthal more and more and more lately. So I feel like this is kind of the, this is the pinnacle. This is, this is somebody finally saying, okay, here's all the John Bernthal you could possibly <laughs> want. You know, yeah. is this what you actually right. wanted? Right. We're going to have to see. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, cool. We'll talk about that and much more. And uh, we're back to our regular schedule. And so we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. Nick. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Dan Feinberg. Uh, he is the best. Check out The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. Everything we've talked about, all the reviews available at thehollywoodreporter.com. And uh, it's always great to talk to Dan. We'll talk to him in a couple of weeks. You know who we're going to talk to in just a couple of seconds? My God, it's Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. means it's time for some Esmeralda Leon. Esma. Hi, Esmeralda. Hi, Nick. How are you? <laughs> I am doing great. Cool. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, and uh, and uh, you were in Toronto over the weekend. I was. Um, I, I was. love I love that city and it's been way too long since I've been there. Um, it is a it is a cool city. I really enjoyed it. It felt very Chicago like. I agree with um, you about that. I, 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 it, yeah, might, it might seem weird to say and, that, but that's how it, it does feel like Chicago of the of, of, of Canada. Yeah, the Chicago of the North North. <laughs> <laughs> of the far north. Um, yes, there you go. Yeah. But it was really cool. We uh, we ate some good food. We saw some comedy, some music. We funny enough, so we went to go see a stand up 
and she was her name is Steph Tolev, and she's from Toronto. So this was kind of a bit of a homecoming. Oh, cool. Um, and I didn't realize, but days before we saw her, she had opened up for Bill Burr. Oh at no! One of, at his arena things. Awesome. <laughs> I was That's like, so All right. awesome. So Bill she Burr, had a Bill great... Burr rules, by the way. Bill Burr. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that guy. She had quite so she had quite a week weekend. Good for her, man. Um, What's her name her again? Hometown. Steph. Steph Tolov. Steph Tolov. She's she is hilarious. Um, so she so we saw that, and then we we were there because the main purpose was we were going to go see the show. It was um, Interpol, Spoon, and Metric. Right. I didn't really. I was. It, I'm, I was fine. That was Colin more of a. Really it was more of a Colin thing, right? That's a Colin. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, and okay. I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. It's yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been. Yeah. Um, but when we went to the show, I didn't realize it was at a um, a Tinley Park-esque, like a Hollywood Casino Amphitheater type place, open gotcha. air venue. Yeah. And I didn't, I I had not realized until I was there and watching the band Metric that because, so we saw Spoon and people were sitting on the lawn and like chilling out, hanging out. And then Interpol came on, same thing. And then Metric came on and people just stood up. And I didn't realize how full the whole place was. They're from there. Uh, <laughs> they're Canadian. There. Yeah. Another hometown. They're from Toronto. So it was another hometown yeah. type of situation. Yeah. But I was like, right, wait a minute. Are they Canadian? Because um, Colin didn't notice if they were coming to Chicago. He just saw that and he was like, oh, a chance to go there. Uh, but they're coming to they're coming to Chicago at the Chicago Theater. That's so a, That's a pretty big venue. It's a cool venue, yeah. but like yeah. you know, it's not amphitheater. Yeah, big. Yeah. So the fact that they played that, and I was, I put two and two together and went, "Oh, it's because oh. they're in Toronto, right?" I gotcha. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. they're real. Famous I, I'll, here. I'll tell you, Toronto, <laughs> they are they they love their hometown uh, stuff. Uh, I, oh I, I don't, no, I, I, it was packed. Yeah, packed. I I will tell you this as 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 um as a, as a fan of uh, wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. Let me tell you this. It, Toronto is one of the most insane wrestling cities in the world. They love their wrestling. They love their wrestling in Canada big time. Like Canada is a nice. huge, huge wrestling uh, country. There's no, there's no question about it. And major, incredible wrestlers have come out of Toronto and come out of uh, Canada in general. Uh, so nice. many. Um, and uh, there is this guy on WWE – Named Sammy Zayn. Mm-hmm. Sammy Zayn mm-hmm. is his name. And he's a mid-carter. So he's not, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's, he's not like a headliner. He's not on mm-hmm. the bottom of the rung. He's in the middle. You know, he's kind of, he, yeah. gets, ki- he gets kind of a, an okay pop. And he's a, he's a heel. He's a bad guy. Okay. And so whenever he shows up on SmackDown, he, it's usually in the middle of the show. He doesn't open up a show. He never closes a show. Like I said, he's in the middle. He's a mid-carter. Uh, and he's not like a giant guy. He's you know he's not like a a, a, a huge monster guy. He's kind of a, a smaller wrestling dude. He's you know he's in shape, but he's small for a wrestler. Right. And he doesn't have any crazy gimmicks, but he's a bad guy. He's a villain, and he and and he and I think he's great. I think he's great on the mic. I think he's a great heel. He's actually one of my favorite workers in WWE. Um, and when he whenever he's on in any part of America. He'll mm-hmm. get the booze, you know, the booze that you that you're supposed to get, the heat that you're supposed to get as a villain, because what you want is booze. Right. So he gets yeah. the booze, he gets the heat, and uh, you know, like boo when he comes out. But <laughs> two weeks ago, they were in Toronto. Sami Zayn mm. is Canadian, 
Sami Zayn mm-hmm. is from Toronto. And and so it it tends to screw shit up when your bad guy gets <laughs> cheers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, they're still like, you're bad, but we are from here. Oh, uh, let me tell you something. When he came out, it was like Hulk Hogan came out. Like, he, like this is, oh this is like Sami Zayn came out mid-card guy, and I thought the, the, the ceiling was going to collapse in the maple, in the maple of Leafs Dome. Like, I thought the whole place was going to collapse. <laughs> like, Sami Zayn was getting a bigger pop than Roman Reigns, who is the world champ right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so that's what I'm saying. It's like they when when especially if you ever if you're ever watching wrestling, and it, it just so happens to take place in Toronto, they're nuts up there, and yeah. they will go absolutely ape shit over anybody who's Canadian. It's just a thing. It's they lo- they are very very proud to be Canadian, and so I'm not surprised that what's and what's the name of the band again? Metrics. Metric. Oh, metric. Well, th- isn't that kind of a giveaway that they're Canadian? <laughs> Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, they still have the metric system. I don't know these we, things. They have the metric system up there, and we don't. They I, do. Yeah. They do, and my, um, for some reason, my Google switched oh, no. did that midway oh, did, when right? I was like looking at weather. It changed it to Celsius, and I was like, what is happening? It's not 40 <laughs> degrees out here. What the? I was like, "What in the hell?" I yeah. was like, <laughs> I, 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 "It's one of my one of the most ridiculous thing. One of the one of the things that I love about this country uh, mm. is that it was like metric system. No, fuck you. We're not going to do it. Like everybody yeah, else, we're everybody so, else in the uh, world. <laughs> so stubborn. I remember when I was in school as well. The seventies was when they were trying to switch us over. So mm-hmm. we we had to like learn the metric system. It was a thing. Like we had to study it. We had to learn it. This was a big thing. And this was like seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And like it was a big thing. Like we're all we're switching over to this. The entire world is going to go by this metric system. And America didn't like it. <laughs> and that's it. Fuck you. We're not doing it. <laughs> oh God. Uh, it's so funny. It's just so. I mean, but that's so America. Like fuck you. We're not. Yeah. Gonna no. Of course. <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah. No. It was a good time. Uh, Colin got a tattoo. He now. Okay. Let's just say, let's just, <laughs> it, you, I think, okay, we, I think for the people who don't know, because I know you, I know Colin, um, mm-hmm. Colin has many tattoos. Um, no, and, he, no, he's got like three. Oh, I thought he had more than that. But, no, but he doesn't he, he wants more. He wants okay. more. I thought he had more than that. And I thought no, that he, three. in the past though, all right, am I wrong? Didn't you tell me that he has gotten them very impulsively though? Yeah, the uh, okay. the last one he got was a what they call a flash picture, or it's a flash something or other, which means um, the tattoo artists just have pictures, and you go, yep, that one. Okay. And you don't, you know, it's not like, a, oh, I have an idea, and let's draw something, or let's do something. They're mm-hmm. just pictures that the tattoo artists have, and they're okay. like, yeah, no, we can do that. He got it at a barbecue. It was a man <laughs> if you remember them. Uh, and they were doing like it was like a benefit thing or something, and there was a tattoo shop. So they were doing these tattoo things, but then also barbecue and like all this other stuff. But he like just was like, "I'm gonna get a tattoo. Let's do it." And then usually when they're flash, I forget what it, it's like, flash picture, flash whatever. Um, they're smaller, so they're like little, and then they're always like pretty silly. Yeah. Like so, the one he has that the last one he got, it's a salt shaker that says salty. <laughs> 
and that's for like his his personality okay. or whatever. All right. All so right. this well, I mean, time, okay. So I thought he had more, but but he, he but he. I mean, look, the guy got a fucking tattoo at a barbecue. Uh, 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 you know what I mean? Like as an impulse. <laughs> so yes, he is he, he he is a little carefree about tattoos, you would think. Yes. Okay. So he got one and he hasn't had one in a while. That was a while ago. Okay. Um, but he then, we were walking. So this is where it was. It was this area where they're all storage containers. Um, and they're business. They're all um, mainly restaurants in these okay. storage containers, which is kind of cool. So it's like this little kind of stretch. And we had lunch, and he had seen there was a tattoo shop in one of the storage containers. And he was looking at the pictures, um, and they had some pictures, like, on the door. Uh So he then, he was like, oh, okay, I think that's cool. So he walks in, and then he talks, and and he set up an appointment. (laughs) So the next day, he got his tattoo. Uh, It is a tattoo of Darth Vader with, like, a little, like, rose... I think it's a rose next to him, so it's kind of that style. Do you know what I like when you see those tattoos and then they got like a rose next yes. to them? I, 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 yes, so I do. It's, I, yeah, I know so it's that. About. It's that style. And then he added, he added onto it. Uh, I think it says, "Where's your father?" Or does it say, "I'm your father"? No, I think it says, "Where's your father?" I think. Wait, no, I don't where's remember. your father? So it's. <laughs> Or who's your father? It might be. Who's wait, your okay, father. okay. Wait a minute. Who's your daddy? Yes, but okay. like we didn't want to be. It, he thought it would be weird to have daddy tattooed on him. Oh, so, so who's he your went father? With father. Okay. <laughs> All right. Not I'm your and father. Also, he you went know, with, with he the, went with who's your father? Who's your father? Um, I mean, you know, it goes with the line, and <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it so he got does, the tattoo. Yeah. So he got a tattoo in Toronto. And now he's kind of thinking, like, maybe I'll do that, like, every time I go somewhere, I'll get a tattoo. Like, Because if you get a small one, right. um, they're fairly quick. Uh, Where is he's this looking tattoo to, located? It's on his arm. Okay. Um, like, essentially across from Salty. <laughs> on his upper arm. Um, kind of, like, on the back. Yeah, like, on the back of his arm. So he's he told me that he is now like that arm because the salty is on there and then that Darth Vader that's gonna be like the silly arm where he has just like fun tattoos and then the other side is gonna be more stuff with meaning because he does have he has a memorial tattoo for a friend of his that mm-hmm. uh, passed away when he was in high school mm-hmm. um so he has that on the other arm and then some like his very very first tattoo I believe is on his arm. On that side too. So they're on the, seri- like, on the serious arm. Yes, on the serious arm. It's kind okay. of more. All right. Notes and things, and then the silly one with the Darth Vader. <laughs> wow. Okay. It looks cool though. It looks cool. Right. I'm sure he'll post it soon. Is it um, color? Is it full color or, or? It's no. It it just has like bits of color. Like the flower has color. There is, I think, a little bit of, um, like an accent on Darth. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost like a neon esque kind of the colors of the the sabers, like the, like, the like, lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Um, and that's it. <laughs> okay, all right. But it looks. I mean, it doesn't look bad. I mean, I'm not. I'm not one for tattoos at all. Like, I'm a big baby pain, yeah. and then I couldn't imagine just being like, I want a Darth Vader on my arm. Like, it's it's there. It's it, there forever. Is the is the thing? Yeah, um, that's my like. I'm very indecisive in that. Like, I could not. I, I've gone back and forth 
over the years about getting a tattoo, and I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't have one, and I'm I'm way past the age to get a tattoo now. I'm fifty. No, you're not. Not at all. Are um, you kidding me? Um, but not I mean, if I if all. if I do get a tattoo, and I've talked about this before, it would be mm-hmm. the frogs raining down uh, from Magnolia. It would be the the image of the frogs raining down from the sky. That would be the tattoo. Yeah, but, I yeah. think. I think that would be very cool. How are you with paint? Uh, I'm fine, actually. I got a I got a pretty good threshold for it. I gotta say, I do. Okay. Yeah. I think you should do it. I've heard that. You know, I've heard that. And well, I, you know, uh, I and I've I've been very close. The, the the two times I was very close, I was drunk, and they're not going to give it to yeah. you if you're drunk. And so, right. But I was like, we're going now. I remember I was at Holiday Club. You, you know the Holiday Club on Irving and yes, uh, yes. And uh, <laughs> what is it, Halstead? Irving and Halstead. Um, Sheridan. Sheridan, yeah, exactly, Sheridan. Because I used to yeah. go to Nick's. Nick's on Sheridan. I used to go to Nick's all the time. Yeah. And close that place down till five in the morning. Jesus, I was drunk. Oof. Anyway, but I was at the <laughs> Holiday Club one night, and um, and uh, somebody had just gotten a tattoo. You know, it was one of those deals where someone walks in and goes, "Hey, I got a tattoo," and then everybody else around you was like, "Yeah, that's cool. I think I want to get one," especially if you're drinking. Yeah. And we were there, <laughs> and it was business. my. Good it business. Was my, uh... My last, my ex-wife Heather and I, we were mm-hmm. amongst all of my friends, uh, some theater people and some other people that I knew we were at the holiday. And I had been pounding, uh, which was not yeah. a surprise. And so, you know, you know, we were all talking about tattoos and Heather, uh, my ex, uh, she just actually, she, I just found out she just got one, another one, like a big one on her back. We'll see. Um, and uh, you're well, like, oh, I'm too old. Well, she's mm. young. She's much younger than I am. But she had yeah, but ta- still... she had tattoos even before that. So everybody in the room is she had younger tattoos. Younger than me? She's not younger than you. Well, there you go. That's still like <laughs> I'm just saying, like she's not a baby. Like <laughs> no, she's not. No, she's not. Um, she's not. But but uh, so everybody basically at that night at the holiday at the holiday club, everybody but me and one other person mm-hmm. had a tattoo. So they were all like, you should go get a tattoo. And I'm like, I'm going now. And there's a tattoo shop within walking distance of the Holiday Club. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm walking over right now and I'm getting those motherfucking frogs from Magnolia. (laughs) And I was loaded. I mean, the the problem with that is that would... I mean, they could draw you something pretty quickly, but I think... That kind of tattoo is like the kind you need to plan with someone. Oh, no question. Plan, yeah. plan uh, with an art is not just no, go, no, 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 some frogs. No, no, no. I would not know. half-ass it. I would have the actual image that I wanted from the movie. There's, there's, there's no way that I would half-ass it. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't walk in and go just put some frogs on my arm and then I like mean... walk out, walk out with Kermit on my fucking arm. You know what I mean? I mean, like that's I, kind of what happens. That's though, what, when you're that's exactly inebriated. <laughs> well, not only that though, but I was like loaded, and 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 everybody was like, "Let's go," because we were all drunk. And, yeah. uh, and then, but Heather was, of course, like, she's like, no, you can't go. They're not going to give it to you. Right. And if they're, if, by the way, they are, you know, if they do give it to you, which they shouldn't, um, mm-hmm. you're drunk right now and you're, you're going to bleed like crazy because your, yeah. your blood is thin because of all the mm-hmm. booze that you drink. And so you're, it's, it thins your blood. And so, and that's true. It's absolutely true. One, it's one of the, one of the reasons besides the fact that you're drunk. Physically, you should not tattoo someone or be tattooed when you're drunk because your blood is thin and you will bleed yeah. more, a lot more. Yes. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I was that, that was the closest I ever came because I was like, I'm going right down and I'm going to get it. And, um, <laughs> and it didn't yeah. happen. But, but before that, before Magnolia came out, because mm-hmm. Magnolia didn't come out till 
the end of 1999, beginning of 2000. So it's so before that, whenever I would contemplate getting a tattoo, <laughs> uh, it was Ren of Ren and Stimpy. Mm, okay. Um, and it was specifically Ren coming home from work with the briefcase and the hat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when he starts screaming at Sven Hoke. That's kind of cool, though. That'd and be that, a cool tattoo. That was the tattoo I wanted, like him screaming at Sven and Ren, like because mm-hmm. they, they, you know, uh, when he comes home from work and the house is a, a wreck, and his dinosaur eggs have been violated. That whole that when he's screaming, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hit you and you're gonna fall, and I'm gonna look down and I'm gonna laugh. That whole thing where he's like. You know, like yeah. al- almost like the abusive father coming home from work, screaming at Ren and, and Sven, which is my favorite cartoon ever. So that was the other one was was Ren with the ba- with the business kind of suit on, no pants, of course, and the briefcase. Of course, yeah. yes. Have you ever I thought about? I know. Should. Have you ever yeah, thought about I mean, or come close? I've, no, not close. I mean, no. I've thought I've thought about it very like, oh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll see people with tattoos. And I think they look awesome. They look so cool. Yeah. I just, I could not, I have nothing, nothing that I would want on my body forever. That's the thing. That's, that's why. I'd be scared to get something stupid or something that later I'd be like, oh, I hate this. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) Like, I, you know, like as the years went on, I mean, and as, you know, Ren and Stimpy got canceled and became sort of a footnote, I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of happy I didn't get (laughs) <laughs> like like those people who walk around with the Tasmanian devil. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? I mean, uh, I'll tell you this. There's a somebody who lives around here has a whole, uh, I think it's a Jeep. It's a yellow Jeep. In your neighborhood? Just, yeah. All Taz. All Taz on the inside and nope. the outside. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and Hi. I love Nick's show. Oh, she just came in. She's got a tattoo of a uh, Tasmanian devil on her arm. Right? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. And <laughs> I she was like, I heard you talking about show. it. I heard you like, talking about <laughs> So there's a dude in your neighborhood that's got a Tasmobile? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I'll see it every once in a while. And I was so curious, like, who owns that? And then finally, I, I saw the I saw an, an older gentleman driving the Tasmanian devil mobile. I was like, whoa. You know, it's funny that you mentioned mobiles. I went to go see uh, last night uh, at late night at the Logan. I went to go see Kill Bill volume one. Of course that uh, where she's Mm. dressed, where she's driving around in the pussy wagon. That, yeah. that, she, that she takes from Buck, who likes to fuck. That's uh, that, yeah. and she, <laughs> she's driving around in the pussy. I told her, I <laughs> by the way, that movie, that movie's great. I hadn't seen it in a very long time. And I came home and I watched part two. So I was up till 430 in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah, I recently I recently watched the first one, too. Like during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I was like, I, let's watch this. I haven't yeah. seen I remember it being great. It's so good. Um, it's I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that I would sit here and watch a whole rest of it. Yeah. If uh, if they if we they had to had wait it. till it came out, and we had it, the first one came out in October two thousand three. The second one didn't come out till April two thousand four. So we had to wait a few months. Um, but I was like, enamored by that first one. It, well, it's great, and the second one's better. I th- I like the second one more. A lot of people don't. I think the second one's better. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot. It's, sl- it's okay. It's a lot slower, and it's not yeah. as action packed. Um, and I don't think it's as funny, except for the scene uh, in the in, in the strip joint where uh, uh, Michael Madsen's boss is yelling <laughs> yelling at him, which is yeah. my favorite, oh, yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. scene. <laughs> my favorite scene in the whole in the whole series in the whole two movies. My favorite scene is 
Larry Bishop saying, you, you're about as useful as an asshole right here. And he's pointing to his elbow. <laughs> I mean, I would be curious to see, and I don't know if they ever did anything with it, like to do it. Wasn't he going to, it was supposed to be one whole movie? Oh, no, well, it is, it is considered, he considers it one whole movie. So like, you know, right. like, like the so last one, the last one that seen the, well, he's got a version of, of it called the whole bloody affair. Oh, does he? Oh, okay. where it's cut together, and there, are, I guess, there's some extra stuff in there. It's kind of like what mm-hmm. they did with the Godfather, where they did the Godfather Part One and Two, and then they put it together and called it the Godfather Saga. Mm. And in the Godfather Saga, they put it all in in chronological order. So you know, the Godfather Part Two is flashbacks. It goes back. To, it goes from modern day. Well, at that time, like uh, modern day uh, uh, Michael Corleone, and then it goes back to Vito, where Robert De Niro plays Vito. Um, mm, okay. And so Godfather Part Two cuts back and forth. In the Godfather, the 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 whole saga, uh, they cut it chronologically. So all the Vito stuff with De Niro is at the beginning, and then Godfather mm-hmm. Part One is in the middle, and then the other parts of Godfather Part Two are at the end. You know what I mean? So we put it mm. all in chronological, and that's actually the way I like to watch it. That's that's, but but yeah, Tarantino put together a, the Volume One and Two together. I think it's called the Whole Bloody Affair. I think it's called. Interesting. I'll have to look for that. Yeah. But that's, to me, the second one, I, I don't know. The second one seems to me like, like the first one is totally action-packed, and it's very, very <clears throat> uh, Japanese in, in its spirit, all the way down to the oh, animation. Sure. The animation sequence and all the sword play. Yeah. The second one, to me, is more Chinese kung fu and uh, 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 spaghetti western. Mm. And uh, and I prefer those two styles of movie, so that's why I think I like the second one more. Yeah, no, I so. totally agree. I mean, I feel like they're two different. It's two different ways. Absolutely, they're two different yeah. things, and you know, yeah. not what neither is bad. No, they're both like, great. I'm not. They're I don't hate great. the second I, one. The second I, I one's just, just a little slower. To, so yeah, to, to me, in the second one, you know, because she kills the she kills two of her targets in the first movie. Mm-hmm. She kills off Lucy Liu and she kills off um, uh, uh, Vivica uh, Fox. Mm-hmm. And then, so in the second movie, she's got to kill um, uh, Daryl Hannah, Michael Madsen, and uh, David Carradine. And those characters, to me, are so much more interesting than the other two that she kills in the first movie. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Like Daryl Hannah's unbelievable in that second movie, and that fight scene in the mobile home between her. Um, and, and Uma Thurman is amazing. And, uh, you know, so, but anyway, I, I digress, but I know somebody who, I know somebody who's got a Kill Bill tattoo. Look at that, how that comes together. There you go. Look at Uh, that. You see how that works? (laughs) Yeah, that's how that works. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, so, so you've, you've never come close, but you, now what would you get if you were to, if you, if you've ever thought about it? I don't know. See, that's, that's why I never... I never even entertain it because I couldn't tell you. I would love um, the things that I think are nice, like that what I think would be really pretty is maybe some flowers like um, what are those Japanese like uh, cherry blossoms, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. kind of thing that it's like that it stretches out and it's like on a branch. Like those are gorgeous. I've seen koi that would be really cool, but I'm just like, I don't, I have nothing to it and like, there's nothing sentimental to me. And I know there's the people that are just like, yeah, no, I get it because it looked cool. Yeah. But I feel like I would need to get something that would mean 
have some kind of meaning behind yeah. it for me. Uh, that would, and uh, I can't and, really think of anything. That, and that's, <laughs> that would do that. that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And, and that's why, like, I'm glad I didn't get the Ren tattoo because now I'd be mm-hmm. like, eh, I love Ren. He's my favorite uh, animated character in the history of animated characters. I yeah. don't think, I, like, at this point in my life, I'd be like, why the fuck do I have an angry Ren <laughs> tattoo? I think it would be, I think it would be fine. Yeah. But, like, that kind of tattoo, I feel, needs more tattoos. I agree. Th- that you can't just be can't the- have the one. <laughs> exa- I totally agree with you. Yes, that's exactly my mindset, as well. It's like if that's w- if that's a tattoo, then it's like I got to have at least ten more or five more to offset. Exactly. It. Yeah. And yeah. I, although I have heard that once you do get tattooed, you kind of you get it's bit true. by the bug. No, it's true. I've uh, again, I've dated uh, women with tattoos, and uh, yeah, and and have many of them. I, one girl I dated was completely like inked. I mean, mm-hmm. and I thought it was sexy as hell quite frankly i mean yeah it looks really cool oh, i just man. never yeah. i never think of anything for me so hmm. yeah maybe the, who knows the, one of these days the frog thing for me that's eternal for me like that's because that's my yeah. favorite movie of all time and i think the sim the symbolism of what it means in the movie and what that mm-hmm. movie's about goes beyond just being a tattoo of a movie you know what i mean like it yeah it's oh, something sure. it's something it's something that fundamentally means something to me like so yeah see no yeah you got it you got it set i think you should honestly start looking into that but (laughs) (laughs) it's just me (laughs) yeah well i gotta make a little more money before i go blowing money on tattoos well you know the the, you know what the other yeah i got because they cost money i can't i can't afford it right now but the other thing the other thing is money there's no danger there's no danger in like me being drunk because i don't drink anymore so like that whole thing oh yeah you're done you you will be don't have to uh, worry about bleeding confident in your yeah. Confident in your uh, choice. That's, that's right. And I know tattoo <laughs> artists. I know. By the way, I live across the hall from a tattoo artist. Well, there you go. I mean, I it's know. really, you have Good. to like think about like the style that they do and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I'd right? have to knock on her. I could just go across the, street, across the hall right now. She literally lives six feet across the hall from me. I could walk, I could walk across, go. knock on the door and go, how are you doing? Do you do frogs? <laughs> <laughs> do you do frogs? I live where you can come over to my place. I'll come over to your place. We literally live like right across the hall from each other. So. Oh, that's fun. I'd have to see her work first. But that, I'll tell you, that's something, right. though. Like if I do decide to do it, I could go right across the hall and have I my mean, neighbor do I'm it. I mean, I'm sure they're in a studio or something, but you know. <laughs> they're right in the uh, – she does it right in her on her, on her front uh, uh, sun porch. Oh, seriously? Oh, oh, yeah, my God. She has her windows open. I can I look in. <laughs> from my like, son porch hi yes you know she's waved to me giving tattoos because she oh. has she's got like big lights that she uses on her son porch because i have a son porch mm-hmm. as well and uh oh, and, well then and if I, lo- I guess you if, could if i look to the left my out my left window mm-hmm. r- directly across me six feet away from me is her son porch with her windows open and i can look right in and see her tattooing people she's got a table that people can lay on she's got the big lights she's got gloves masks the whole like like everything, it's like a tattoo shop on her sun porch. Well, there. Well then. Yeah. I didn't think. Okay. No, well, it's for real. It's we're not done. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> you know, it's not like a prison tattoo where they're dipping, <laughs> they're dipping a needle into ink, and you know, it's like she's like for real. She's got the gun. She's got the whole thing. I, you know, and she's waved like she's done tattoos, and I'm like. Uh. What happened was I noticed a light shining in on my sun porch with my blinds closed. I never have my blinds open. I don't want people to see in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, like, I saw, like, a light shining through, and I'm like, what the hell is that? That's really bright. I thought it was, like, a street light outside because I live right on Irving. Mm-hmm. And I open up the blind, and I look, and she's got her, <laughs> she's got her blinds all the way up, open, and the big blasting light so she can see the tat that she's doing. And I'm like... That's so funny. Yeah. So, anyway. So, if I, get, if I, if I, if I see you some point... Uh, and I have a frog tattoo. That means I, I visited my neighbor. I knocked on the door and went, Yeah, hey. you saw your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. All right. Um, so, tattoos. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so uh, but anyway, uh, Toronto, all together, though, great time. Good time. Great town. I would love to go back. We actually, so the last, so we, the, we came home sa- uh, Sunday, Saturday. We were out. We, um, after his tattoo, we went down to get a drink at this bar, which was really cool called the handlebar um and then we just started like going around and like we had dinner and then we ended up at this place near our house or near where we're staying and it was this cool little bar yes it was this cool little bar where like people it was almost last call and stuff but we were like is there any 4 a.m's because we're still we're not tired we want to go out and then we met some dude who was like, I worked at Charlie Trotter's before he died. <laughs> Get out of here. And I was like, oh, cool, man. And so we just started, we struck up a bit of a, bit of a conversation. And then he was like, you know, I live like a few blocks over. Do you want to come over and like you can hang out there? We can sit on the patio. And I was like, we're just like, okay. <laughs> Wow. Like, you know, we could get murdered in Canada, right. but then we're yeah. thinking they're Canadians. They're too nice. Right. No, they they will they will uh very politely murder you. Yes, right? At least <laughs> I'll have will a say, chance to run. They, I after think. they after they kill you, they'll say sorry. 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 <laughs> sorry. Didn't um, mean to murder but you. But so we went we went instead of going to that other bar, we went with this dude <laughs> who, who like he was so nice. Like he he had us um he had cigars. I don't smoke cigars, but he had cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just sat on his on his patio. And did you talk about what like, it was like out. to work? Did you talk about what it was like to work with Charlie Trotter? Um, a little bit. I think he oh. kept talking. He was a little mumble mouthy, so I couldn't really. Oh, because I would have been all over that shit. I would have been asking him eight million. But he questions. was so. It was really cool. That's awesome. Well, that's think, cool. Um. So we kind of have a connect now in Toronto. Sure. Uh. And also the the tattoo artist, like she was super cool. So we could probably wow. like just in did, that kind of sense of like you are neat. Did you meet Saga? We are here. We didn't meet Saga, God unfortunately. Damn no, it. I didn't see anything about Saga. No Saga. No Saga. While you were there? Oh, man. No. That's are you sure that Toronto would be the place for Saga though? I mean, can't can't Canada? <laughs> well, Canada is a big place. No, it is. And and but no, no, no. Toronto's Toronto's a huge town for them. Um, uh, they are from. Well, I'm, they're not all. They're all Canadian. Well, not now mm-hmm. because you know the band got together in the in the late seventies. So they've gone through. You know, I think there's only like three original members left, and they've gone through a million. Right. Um, and at the at the beginning of the career, at their career, there were five guys in Saga, and they were all from Canada, and I think different parts of Canada. But so according were, to Google, they were huge. They their were huge origin, yeah, their origin is Oakville, Ontario. So they're okay, Oakville, Ontario. All right. So they're it's near because Ontario is essentially. Um. I guess where Toronto is. Yeah, right? it is Toronto, Ontario. Ontario yeah. is yeah. like Close. the province or something. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, they're near it. Yeah. So maybe if we go to Oakville, Ontario, 
They'll have a street uh, named after him. Saga Street. There's maybe. Maybe. Saga Park. They'll have a statue, a Saga statue. Uh, well, it's been a long time since they've had hits, so I will say that. But yeah, but still, they're you know, yeah, they're an institution. They are now. Steph, now Steph Tolov is her name, right? Now you said mm-hmm. you told me off the air that she's actually doing. She's going to be in town. We don't know exactly where yet. Yeah, I don't know. She didn't even know. She's okay. like, I'm but doing she, some charity thing. I think, she, but she's doing a charity <laughs> thing here in Chicago, so she will be in town at some point. She will be, okay. and uh, she invited us to go to her thing because i was like i saw you well one i saw her here at the at this at the um in toronto we saw her there in toronto but we had seen her a year before that and this is where we knew of her in a garage in a carport in la (laughs) Mm, okay so it was fun to just be like yeah the first time we saw you you were in a garage did you remember the game in a garage did you remember the gig? Um, she kind of did. I think because, I mean, they do a lot of those. Sure. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of a thing. Outdoor, since it's so warm over there. But I, I just thought it was funny. I was like, yeah, we saw you in a garage last year. So if year. people want to check hilarious. her out, it's, it's Steph Tolov. Is that T-O-L-O-V? Uh, T-O-L-E-V. T-O-L-E-V. Yes. Okay. And, and she's first... very, if you're on Instagram, she is quite active there. She does, like, she posts her bits um live like stuff but then she'll also do just like really silly um things like posts she does character maybe we can get her on the podcast yeah i think that would be really cool yeah steph tolov okay i'll uh mm-hmm. i'll reach i'll reach out to her you know and, and uh, you know to to kind of coincide when she comes to town she can plug her gig and uh, do the podcast with us yeah she has she has a podcast as well called uh steph infection i like that i like her already i like her no she's 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 super great she's cool she's hilarious all right cool so i i hope she gets to the stratospheres i mean she's doing she's already doing something opening she's opening for bill burr man that's uh that's pretty that's 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 a big crowd man that's a big crowd yeah she was she was geeking out about it too she was telling us she's just like i got to hang out with bill burr Uh, he's so (laughs) like hang out with him like a person (laughs) he's so funny bill burr is so funny yeah just like so abrasively funny you know what i mean like (laughs) he's so angry and pissed off i love that kind of humor i love like pissed off guy humor i don't know which which by the way you can see um she has the thing on netflix with him um, he has a special called, I think it's Bill Burr and Friends. Okay. And oh, and she's Netflix. on that. Okay, cool. On Netflix. And she's on and that. Steph Tolov. Okay, cool. And yes. then we'll, you know, you, you, you know, you're best friends with her now. You guys are going to get tattoos <laughs> together. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, all right. That would be, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Right. I don't know well, about that's, that Well, that's cool. <laughs> Toronto, man. I haven't been, I really want to go back. But yeah, and, it was and, a good like, time. Every time I've gone up there, though. It's all be always been. I, I I guess I should go there at a time when it's like when the weather's not cold because every time I've gone up there, it's hockey related. Like I'm not kidding. Like yeah. I think every single time I've gone to Toronto, it had something to do with a hockey game. <laughs> well, I think you should you should go when it's nicer. And oh, speaking of hockey, the one of the whoever won this year or last year, mm-hmm. um, the the cup, the, yeah. Whoever it was, I don't know. Where well, are you? Are you talking city. about this this year? Um. Well, when? It well, wouldn't I mean, be this year, right? 
Well, yeah. I mean, the the season ended right because it's in the winter. Yeah. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. Well, whenever whoever won <laughs> the most recent team, uh, one of the members the is from it's, Toronto. It's the Avalanche that won. They won. Okay. So one of the guys on that team took the Stanley Cup. So the Stan- I was in vicinity of the Stanley Cup. It was some- roaming around somewhere. Oh, okay. Well, there's a good chance of that because Esmeralda, uh, I, I would wager to say that on every NHL team, there's at least five guys from Canada. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> on, for every, sure. on every team, uh, no matter where they're from. Because the Avalanche is out of Colorado, but... You know, I mean, that doesn't mean that there aren't Canadians on the team. I mean, you know, the Hawks have like 10 Canadians on their, you know, uh, at, at any given time. But yeah, the, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the, the Stanley Cup. You know, did you know that when the Hawks had it in 2010, when they first won the Cup in 2010? Um, mm-hmm. that, well, actually, the Avalanche has now broken that record because uh, oh. the, the Avalanche has broken it. And here's the record. Uh, it, the most damage bun- done by one team was in the 2010 Hawks. Because they were like, mm-hmm. in their in their early twenties, they got drunk and they would knock it, they would drop it, and it would fall down the stairs and stuff. And oh lord! So they would have to like bang it back into into shape. Because I mean, that's the that's the Stanley Cup. There's not there's only yeah. one. And when you win it, yeah, yeah. the team gets it, and each team member and each you know person associated with the with the team gets the cup for a day, and you can do whatever the hell yeah, you want. Yeah, well, that I was so while I was there. Uh, one of the guys from the Avalanche brought it home <laughs> to, <awesome>. Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> to Toronto. To um, Toronto. And actually, it's quite nice. So he's um, the the guy who brought it. His name is Nazem Kadri. Oh, yeah. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Is... He's, he's a good player, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, good yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's Muslim. Yes. And he took the he took the uh, the Stanley Cup to a mosque. It's the cool. first time ever that it's been never taken That's to a mosque. That's very cool. That's very cool. So yeah, the, the, the yeah. little tour. Yeah, and... I mean, there you go. You, there, you know, like you guys on the Avalanche are bringing it to the to a mosque, and like you know, uh, Patrick Sharp is bringing it to uh, you know, Hula Hands downtown to the, to the yeah. club to the club and <laughs> dropping it, dropping it down the stairs. Like Patrick Kane dropped it down the stairs in a hotel. Uh, it, oh it, no! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! And the thing is, like, there, there there are two guys. I don't know if you I don't know if you know this or not. There are two guys that. Mm. accompany the cup so it's their job how did they not like they well they 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 have to they accompany the cup so these are the guys who 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 have the cup and they'll get a call i'm not kidding they travel with the cup these two guys one guy's been doing it i know but you know what i mean like they're they're not doing that good of a job like well what they they, what they're (laughs) what they have to do is they'll get a call no matter what time so like Mm -hmm. if let's say patrick sharp wants to go out two o'clock in the morning and you know yeah. he wants to go to a bar in his neighbor in his old yeah. neighborhood. All right, he calls up the guy, the the cup guy, and goes, oh, "Hey, God. John, get up, get your glo- get your gloves on, and bring the because they got to bring the cup out with the gloves. You know what I mean? They hold the they, they oh. so no matter what time they're on call all the time. These guys who who are who oh, accompany God. the cup, and then they just give it to them. And then once the guys have, once the players have it, they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. They can they drink beer out of it. They eat cereal out of it. They they bring it to bar. I've touched the cup in a bar. I've like touched the cup. Did and, you? Yeah. Oh, I, I've grabbed onto the cup. I've kissed it because you're supposed to kiss the cup. By and, the way, I love that you're just like I've touched the cup. I, I have. I have. I mean, oh. you know, it was, it was. It had made. It, it's made the tour here in Chicago at least three times. And I know. And, and at one point, I knew a lot of people who worked for the Hawks. And so I've yeah. been around. I've been around the cup many times. 
Um, and oh. like when in 2010, it was like <laughs> these guys were getting called. They're, they're, they interviewed like the main guy who's been doing it for 20 years. He's like, I've never had to get up at three o'clock in the morning every morning because yeah, he gets up. They oh call him and go, God. we want the cup. Bring it here. And then he opens up the thing. He brings it. He brings up oh. the cup. And then they run around. A bunch of people in the bar grab it. They, they, it goes flying down the stairs. And then this guy's got to bring it back. And then the next night he gets another call. I got to bring the cup over here. So the Stanley Cup has in in uh, on it, right? Written. Yes, names are all the names. All the engraved. names. How yeah. are they doing that? Well, they they get, like how as, are they going to fit them all? Well, they don't. They actually they go back and like get rid of some, and then oh. put new ones on. Interesting. So, but yeah, at, it, whoever whoever's won the cup. It, it, Theoretically, your name is on it. Your name is, is your name is engraved. Right, right. And it just so, might not be on there at the like, well. In yeah, the, in the near future, in the, in because the, there's no, just in space. the far in the far future. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, no. Your name, your name goes on the cup, and then you know that's the that is. I, it, it is. It is. I think it's the coolest trophy. It's the best trophy in the in sports. It's the coolest trophy in sports, and I mean, I think it's the coolest sport. So, of course, it should have the coolest trophy. So. Yeah, I mean it's a cool looking. I mean it's the fact badass. that you can do stuff with it. Yeah, it's <laughs> badass, and I love that these guys. You know, no no matter what, like whatever team wins, they're on their beck and call. Like you get, it's like, yeah, hey, how you doing? I know it's four o'clock in the morning. Get up, bring the cup over. Here. We're gonna we're gonna take it to a golf course and play. We're gonna play a few holes, and then this guy's got to get up, put his gloves on, do the whole thing, oh, open up the case, Lordy. bring the cup out. <laughs> And I guess the, the Avalanche has been the most young and insane since the 2010 Hawks. Oh, no. I, yeah, I would believe yeah. that. So, totally believe that. Anyway. All right. Well, we didn't even talk about anything we were going to talk about today. That's okay. <laughs> There's always next time. There's always next time. Absolutely. Uh, but you know what? Oh, you know, wait a minute. My, uh, oh, hell, I'll I give you asthma. Yeah, we forgot this. God damn it, Nick. That's right. Okay. Uh, but we do have, uh, uh-oh. You know my... My dad, he tells a joke. Yes, you know I was about to say something. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, yeah, I know. and I Carrie. love okay, Carrie. Nick's show. Right. Take out what nice uh, Taz tattoo there, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, here's here's my dad. You ready for a joke? Yes. All right, hold on. Oh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go! Yeah. That's right. All right. All right. My dad's here. He had to push uh, Carrie Russell out of the way. But uh, and then and then she says, "I think I broke my ass." All right, so um, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Dad, go ahead. That was joking. Oh no, it wasn't. Hold on, that was a mistake. Not yet. This one. All right, sorry, Dad. Was, oh, my dad. Oh, oh, my dad just smacked me across the face. Yeah, okay. Oh. All right, Dad, tell you a joke. If the police arrest a mime, do they tell him he had the right to remain silent? Oh, jeez. I don't, that's the, wait a minute now. It was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. That was kind of a, a a deep sort of observational thought more than a joke, right? right? Also, I don't think I've ever really heard a joke that ends as a question and then that's it. <laughs> like you have to then like 
Usually take, it's like statement. Take that with you. <laughs> take that with you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Dad. See you later. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Yeah, I know. Carrie. I right. love oh, Carrie. Nick's show. All right, Carrie. All right, Jesus. Okay. Wow, that was a strange. That was a strange. That's. I think you're right. <laughs> Ending with a question mark. That's. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've heard one. Maybe who knows? Maybe I have, and I just. All right. Well, it was fun to talk Toronto tattoos and comedy and food with you. That was cool. And Taz. And and Taz the Taz the Tazmobile <laughs> in Albany Park. Look for the Tazmobile in Albany Park. I'll have Park. to get a picture of it. Yeah. Next time I see it, I'll have to grab a picture and post. Hey, <laughs> hey listen. Next next week, sometime. Um, let's mm-hmm. go to the. Let's go get some Mexican candy. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. So, so do let's that. do that. We'll do that, and then we'll uh, we'll do some taste tests on the uh, on, on the Mexican mm-hmm. candy, uh, and yes, we'll do yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. So, and then maybe we can uh, we can uh, we can film us at the Mexican candy place and throw it up on the uh, on the page. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. All right, Esmeralda, you rule. Oh, you do and too. Uh, and uh, you listeners rule as well. And if you want to be a sponsor, would you like to advertise with us? We reach a lot of people. Contact us. Say, I want to be a sponsor. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Sales at radiomisfits.com. If you just want to be in general part of the podcast, the Nick D podcast, leave us a voicemail 24 7, anytime you want any thoughts, any questions, anything. 773 417 6948. Uh, hey, if you got a bad tattoo story, we'd love to hear from you there, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, email us. Or a us. good one. Or a good one, yes. Good tattoo I wouldn't mind story. seeing a really cool tattoo. <laughs> uh, email us, uh, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. My thanks to everybody at Radio Misfits. Rate and review us on any platform. Please take the time to do that. And uh, next time we talk, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi will join us to talk about the new movies and the box office and all kinds of other cool stuff. And Esmeralda, uh, we'll at some point, we'll get to we'll get to organic food at some point. Right. Okay. All right, Esmeralda, see you later. <laughs> all right, see you later. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Nick D Podcast, Radio Misfits uh, Podcast Network.